BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is writer Sarah Wood. We love Sarah. There's so much to talk about. So before we get into it, the Start Me Up Podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Wood. Welcome back to the show, Sarah. Hello, thank you for having me. It's been a while. How have you been? I'm good, good. Very busy, but good. Yeah. So, okay, so you're the social media manager for Vote Vets. And I, am, yeah. I, I gotta say, you do an incredible job. It's I'm I'm very impressed. And so I just the first thing I want to talk about is you know you're posting stuff all day. Obviously, it's political, and obviously it has to do with veterans. So I just want to know, like, what's the most pressing issue either to you or to vote vets or out there right now concerning veterans? I have two. The first one is today's the anniversary of, of the PACT, Lock, PACT Act being signed into law. So that's exciting. Um, that's um, where veterans that who were exposed to um, burn pits and other toxic substances can get the care they need through the, um, to the VA. Yeah. Don't mind me. I'm closing my windows because it was super loud outside. <laughs> um, the other thing is um, Senator Tommy Tuberville. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's our, he's our priority number one right now. Right now he's holding up military promotions, um, like hundreds of military promotions. We don't even have a commandant in the Marine Corps, a chief of staff of the army right now. Pretty soon we're not going to have a um, joint, like chair of the joint chiefs of staff. Like it was, it's really bad. And he has, doesn't seem to care. We, he, he makes a tweet about kids starting school and I'm like, well, that's good for kids starting school. And then they're are kids in military families who don't even know where their parents are going to get stationed. They can like, don't know where they're going to start school. So, wow. Um, it holds everything up down the rank. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much like priority. Number one right now is calling him out and the dangers. And he's basically doing it because he doesn't like the policy that Biden put in place that allows, um, um, female service members to, um, go to a different state and have um, 
abortion care if they need it. Wow. And they're because they would be reimbursed for travel costs, not for mm-hmm. the abortion that they don't pay, like um, they that would have to be out of pocket. But this mm-hmm. is just for travel. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's holding everything up over. Oh my God. I swear to God, these fucking Republicans and their doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on abortion is really fucking with them. And we saw that last night or the other day in Ohio. And I just got to say, you know, I was talking to my dad and you know, he's 77 years old and he, he pays attention. He's not in it like we are. He's not like in the thick, thick, thick of it. So, you know, he watches like most people who just gets basic news, you know, cable news, etc. But um, I told him about the fact that there was a huge youth turnout. And so he said, well, they better show up in the election. And I said, Dad, they have been. They have been showing up. Ever since Trump got into office, young people have been showing up and it's been beautiful to see. But the thing is, it's sad that it's happening because I always maintain people when it directly affects you. That's when, you know, like my generation, Generation X wasn't so politically involved. Of course, there were some and we did have the benefit of like MTV and the, you know, get out the vote campaign there and rock the vote and all that stuff and and we saw that and we experienced it but because like you know my parents generation they had the vietnam war and if if the same thing was happening uh in like say 1989 that's happening today i know i would have been politically active because it would have affected me directly but because i felt fairly safe in the things that i thought were important to me and i was not really politically savvy I just didn't really pay attention. But young people today are saying, oh, my God, what the fuck? The Republican Party is not only taking rights away from us, but it's like they're actively trying to harm and damage anybody who isn't the Christian white thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's unfucking believable And I'm just I bring this all up to ask you, do you you know, I always ask people this just because I like to get a gauge on even though it's a broad question uh, on on what's going on politi- politically, do you feel that at this point in you know our process that 2024 that we have to like do we have a lot to be hopeful for? Because I think we do. I do. I think so because I think that youth vote, especially, um, is doing things that you know other younger generations, like including mine, didn't didn't do. We weren't politically aware. I wasn't yeah. very politically aware when I was younger. Like I think David Hogg just started a new yes. group called um, Leaders We Need, mm-hmm. and um, there's like Voters of Tomorrow, and there's like all these different. They're really galvanizing and getting grassroots support and. It's, it's 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 a breath of fresh air that to know that like there is a next generation yeah. that's going to really be fighting for um fighting for everyone yeah and i think yeah and i think a lot of it comes from you know there's the you know row and then there's also the gun debate which mm-hmm. is huge mm-hmm. so um i'm feeling pretty good for 2024 honestly um things are pretty crazy and there are the crazies out there and of course they're the loudest ones mm-hmm. But generally speaking, election after election has been going pretty much in our favor. So I'm hopeful um, for for next year. Yeah. And basically, I mean, not that the Republicans are necessarily listening to my podcast, so I'm not I'm not giving them any ideas. But still, the idea is the way the Republicans could win, you know, to if the Republicans really wanted to 
you know, achieve their coup. Instead of doing what they're doing right now and being so bombastic and obvious and doubling down on all the things that America hates, it's like you think that they would. And this is partly because of Trump or a big part because of Trump and and the way that he's done things for so long. He's made people very extreme. And but the Republicans could come along and tell people, hey, we want to help you. We you know, we're all pro um LGBT, we're pro women, we're we're pro everything. Maybe not choice because they just I don't think they can say that, but they might. But still, ultimately, if they just played it as if they cared about us and then got into office, which really wouldn't be fucking hard because the American electorate seems you know it's like Bob, my boyfriend has said that like we are like default kind of a little like I kind of in the middle but leaning right especially when it comes to elections not not counting Donald Trump era um it's like we want to go to the conservative side as voters but because of Donald Trump and the way he's done things he's made that almost impossible because the Republican party can't get elected by saying they're going to help people <laughs> you know what I mean that, that's exactly what's going to make all the fucking voters hate them hey here I'm here to help you fuck you and so, I don't know, I, I do think that we're in pretty good shape. And then the other thing is, with Ron DeSantis, oh my God, there's lots of Ron DeSantis news, but I will admit, I was worried about him for a little while. Not anymore. <laughs> no, no, I'm not worried so about him. He's so bad. <laughs> oh He's my so, God. so, so terrible. He has, like, the charisma of, a, <laughs> like, a like a rotten piece of cheese. I can't. He's, he's awful. <laughs> yeah, like a malignant mole. <laughs> yeah. He is just unfucking believable And then he basically, um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I, I have so many notes here, I can't find it. But he just got rid of the AG um, in, in Florida. Of course, she's a woman of color. I know that she's been replaced with, I believe, a man of color. But I believe it was a man who is a conservative guy. But ultimately, it was be she was elected, you know, by a large percentage. And now DeSantis is basically saying, oh, well, you're soft on crime. So you're out. Now, he did replace her with a black man. I, I think it was. Yeah, it was a black man because I was listening to last night to Joy Reid was talking to her and she said he wasn't she wasn't replaced by her opponent. But it was someone else. And she said, you know, the, the conversation was like, well, if you replace one black person with another black person, then, you know, he's I think that he's maybe thinking that that's going to make him not look like a racist or something like that. But, yeah, he's a racist and he's unfucking believable. And aside from his horrid, wretched policies and his disgusting extremism, I mean, the guy just doesn't even know how to be a regular person. He doesn't even know how to laugh and look like a normal person. And we all know that in politics, that's incredibly important. The, the visual optics of the candidate, whether it's a good thing or a bad, it just is. It's extremely important. He just doesn't have it. It's so fucking bad. And it's crazy because now, I can't remember the guy's name, but there is a number two. I think he knocked DeSantis out of number two. I think he has an Indian name or, or something. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? I do, but I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so, I didn't know he had got, <laughs> I didn't know he was rising in the polls. Yeah. He, I think he went up to 11% <laughs> or something and he knocked DeSantis down. 
So, I mean, I don't okay. see the Republican Party ever voting for somebody who would be considered a minority. I just don't see that happening. I don't think they could do it. Like, I don't think they could bring themselves to vote for a woman. I, I mean, I guess they could vote for a black. I just don't know if they would vote for a black first person for president. You know, I just don't know if it's in them to do it. Um, I would be surprised. So this guy who says all the right shit, according to, you know, the right wing extremists, I don't know if he could pull it off. And it looks like Donald Trump is just going to be the one, which is now this is going to lead me to, oh, my God, all the fucking Trump news. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, my God. And OK, let's just start with the fucking Twitter story. So I guess um, Twitter uh, got a hold of his his uh, Twitter account, or I should say the DOJ got a hold of his Twitter account. But here's my theory. And then I'm going to go look for. What Allison Gilt, yeah, Allison Gilt tweeted out. Here's my conspiracy theory. Um, Trump's latest claim that the January 6th committee deleted evidence means that he and Elon deleted evidence. So there was, I believe, three days before they turned anything over to the DOJ. And I was thinking last night when I was watching the news, listening to that. I mean, I thought, what did they get rid of? I mean, is that something that you've been thinking about? I don't know because everything's still like out everything's still out there. So I'm not really sure like how they could have like gotten rid well, of like, I, like DMs. Is it like me- messages on the back end? Is that what they're thinking? Yeah, like maybe D- that's D- it. Maybe DMs and drafts. So I mean they would have had to have like people go in there into the back end and like hard delete those things. Yeah. Because like they're they still exist out there. You can't just like delete a message and think that it's gone forever. Right. Like somebody can find it somewhere. So unless like he had like engineers on the back end, and maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe there's a like a, a larger conspiracy. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but that was. I, I, I can't weird. believe that there would be something that like else that we already don't know. Like we know he conspired for January 6th. Like we know yeah. he did all these horrible things. Um, the fact that he would DM on. Twitter just it doesn't surprise me but it's right. really stupid but he is really stupid so <laughs> I don't know well and social media is his thing you know and I mean we've all had those experience I mean I try to delete like you're saying it's out there anyway but like I'll delete messages sometimes if I send somebody my phone number or you know something like that I'll just delete it um, in case I get hacked or something like that but I just wonder like with Donald Trump did he have the presence of mind or did, did he just fu- think, fuck it? You know, I, I, I'm going to keep this message here. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think it's, it's necessarily going to make it. I mean, it'll just be more evidence. I think it'll just be like piles and piles and piles of, of evidence of guilt. And so it's just one more thing leading into that. But I'm just wondering how, you know, I mean, listening to all of the legal voices on whether it's Twitter or anywhere in cable news, you know, people are saying, we don't know how this is going to work out because there's going to be a schedule of court dates. There's going to be, I mean, Fonnie Willis is going to charge him with 12 indictments, I guess next week. And, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure Rico is part of that. So, you know, he's got all these trials and then he's going to be on the campaign trail and we have no idea. But if he breaks a hundred indictments, that would be that would be something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like all together. I mean, although I have to say, just in the second, doesn't it feel good to finally to finally see this happening? I mean, since since he was installed in office, 
it feels amazing to see justice playing out. You know, it really does. It feels yeah, great. and I and I kept telling people I'm like you gotta wait because like yeah. there's so much evidence and it's like you can't just like slowly trickle that stuff out. You have to gather it all and make sure you have a case. And these juries are coming back and like they're indicting him. Mm-hmm. And these are like these are juries of our peers yeah. that are indicting them because they've heard the evidence. So. It's exciting because yeah. it's like finally we're we're finally fucking seeing it. Oh my god! It's, <laughs> it's, I know. It feels good. Long time coming. <laughs> it does. I mean, there's all like we have. We're living in such weird times because we've got ups and downs all over the place. But I think we're seeing again, like with with Ohio, and with Fonnie Willis just not taking any shit, and 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 Jack Smith being so thorough, and and all the stuff that's happening. You know, yeah, we're we're witnessing the GOP. I mean, some people are saying it's a death rattle, which I'll ask you about in a second. But with with all of the horrid wretchedness that we're seeing, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include climate because that's really bad. So I, I, I that's that's on its own. I think climate is really negative. But take that out of the equation, and I think mostly what we're seeing is wins for Democrats. And it's like I said, I mean, if the, if the if the Republicans were going to change their game up I think they would have a better shot at winning but right now Democrats seem to be holding steady just because the Republicans are going fucking nuts and 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 they're they're I don't know I, I just it doesn't make sense how they're behaving the only they don't have a strategy they're just attacking 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 and they don't they don't have a strategy they don't have policies they're they literally are back on their heels and like defending by like I can't explain it it's like yeah they they don't know they I don't know what they what they think they're doing. They're trying to like out hate each other, like out hate people, and like that's that's their winning strategy. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's really crazy to witness all of this and understand that like they they know that the nation is basically for abortion care. They know that the nation wants gun control. And instead of saying, okay, well, we want to win, because they've always been really good at winning, not good at governing, but good at winning. And the, the, the Democrats are kind of the opposite. They're, they've been the ones better at, you know, governing and not so great at winning. But you'd think that the Republicans, but I, I guess it all falls on Donald Trump, because they have to follow the leader, and the leader is, he's so chaotic, and the message that he sends out is so filled with hate and and they just they they can't abandon him because they can't <laughs> it's like and it's so weird because he's not a good leader no he's just like he's just a bully and like a mob boss and i, I it's it's like it's so weird watching these people just like fall in love with him and you heard about that guy that got killed in was it utah yes like that there was like that conspiracy like he thought that the, like everyone was out to get him like and then he was going to like kill the president or something like that and like and then the fbi went and they got him and it was like and of course he was telling i guess he had a belief that the fbi would come and kill him and (laughs) he fucked around and found out (laughs) but he manifested but that's just like but that'll also be the narrative but it's just like you think about all these news channels like breitbart oan fox news like all these really terrible um 
disinformation, misinformation, telling these people, feeding it. And then, then like Donald Trump will spew back the same thing. Mm -hmm. So they're just living in this cycle of misinformation. And it's, they, they don't know any better. And I would say that, that it's sad, but it's also just like, I don't know. It makes it makes me really makes me really mad. Yeah. And, and you have to allow it because of free speech, like right. a freedom of the press. Like they can say these lies, and it's up to other people to discern whether it's true mm -hmm. or false. Yeah, I mean it's 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 we've never been here before, so it's it's dumbfounding sometimes. You're just you sit there and you watch what's happening, and it's frustrating and it's upsetting. But at the same time, you know you're it's like what's got to have to play out the way it's going to play out. And you know I'm just going to throw this out there, but I think. I talked a little bit about this on my patrons only show today. I'm not going to get into the details, but I think it's so super important to make the effort to be kind when you're just out and about in the world. Um, you know, no matter what the situation I had, I had a situation the other day. Again, I'm not going to leave all the details there, but there was this woman I was at the grocery store and there was this woman who had left her groceries on the conveyor belt and then she left her shopping cart and went to go pick up an, an extra item or something. And so I went to go get in line and she was in front of me. Her cart was in front of me. She wasn't there. And the checker started ringing up her groceries, which she didn't have many. But um, and so Im immediately I started getting irritated because I thought I have to wait now. You know, it's like, I have to wait, God forbid, <laughs> even though I wasn't in a hurry or anything. And, and I thought, how could this person just, you know, leave their shit and make me wait? And so eventually the woman who left her cart came back and, and then I, I wound up actually, the, the, the situation was she didn't have enough money to pay for all of her groceries and I helped her out. But what, the, what I really want to bring to this story is that instead of getting angry and judgmental at this woman, when it was literally just about me feeling inconvenienced for a brief period of time, I thought, I'm going to flip this and I'm just going to be loving I'm just going to be loving toward her and kind because I don't know who this woman is, you know, and, and she's just someone trying to live her life like everybody else. And I, I really would love to see more of that because I think it's extremely and it's not woo woo and it's not fucking um, granola. It's just I think that we're so angry and we're so divided. And I mean, I'm part of it because I have like angry, hateful thoughts toward Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who the other day pronounced drowning, drowning. And, you know, and I get so angry. And so it's like, all right, when I'm out in the world and I'm doing my thing, I'm really going to make an effort to be kind to people and sometimes initiate, you know, go out of my way to be kind to someone because I just think it's important. So, you know, get off my soapbox here. But I just want to throw that out to people. If you feel like if you're out there, just be nice to each other because there's so much shit going on. And we're all so angry and filled with fear and rage these days. And I think we need, we need more love. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I'm going to say no, about that. <laughs> no, it's so true. I know. I'm like, let's listening. Just like, I'm like, no, I completely agree. It's not hard to be kind. It's no, not it isn't. hard to like hold a door for somebody. It's not hard to like notice that somebody, you know, might need help or, um, it takes a little longer for them to do something or walk somewhere or, um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't take much effort to just be nice. Yeah. Or even it takes just, more effort to be nasty. Yes, and mean. It does. And then, and then it makes you feel like shit 
you know, because I was standing there in line and I was, I, 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 that feeling started to come up on me where it was like the anger and the frustration. And usually when you start swimming in that shit pool, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you find yourself in a bad mood. You find yourself treating people differently, even those you love. And so then, you know, it's like when I came home, I felt really good. And also on top of that, before I had gone to the store, I had to go pick something up from the tailor and I got a really nice compliment and it really felt great. You know, I mean, it just, it really felt great to have someone say something nice to me. And so it was like, I came home and I felt good instead of, you know, getting myself all bunched up because I had to wait a little longer. I just, I let it go, you know, and it's like, there's, there's so much that we could just let go. Now I'd like to have that same, um, constraint while I'm driving, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I can. Because <laughs> I say, something. I think it's a, people get in their own like myopic space. Like they just see what's directly in front of them. Yeah. And um, I think that they don't see the world. Like a lot of times, people won't see the world from a broader perspective as a whole, and they'll, rather they'll just look at it from like this is what's happening to me right mm-hmm. at this moment and yeah. sometimes like you do need that view but other times it's like you have to realize that you're just a small part of a much bigger picture mm-hmm. and not everything revolves around you and um yeah it didn't yeah I also as far as driving I I'm I'm so glad I work from home now I used to um commute in Los Angeles and you know this yeah because you used to commute in Los Angeles and like I had the worst road rage <laughs> it was bad <laughs> well and these days I mean I don't want to have any kind of obvious road rage because you never know who's got a gun and who's going to shoot you <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. That's why. Okay, so this is terrible, and it makes me sound like a bad, a bad Democrat. But I don't want to go canvassing because I'm scared. Yeah. I don't want to go door to door because, like, how many times do people show up at a stranger's house and they're going to get shot? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to discourage people from canvassing, but it is something you have to think about when you do these yeah. things. It is. I mean, if like you're a stranger yeah. knocking on a door, and you just you never know. Well, I will say the 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 only. How can I say this? I guess the the thing that you can take into account with that is the doors that you're knocking on, at least the, the people who live there should be registered Democrats, but you never know. Yeah. So that you never thing. know. You yeah. never know. Somebody could have moved or whatever. So no, and I totally get it. I totally get it. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. Join me, 48 Hours Correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. You know what I want to ask you about real quick is just curiously, you know, we're hearing that the COVID variants are on the rise and everything. I want, I mean, I read an article that basically said, I think 12% of the new cases and the cases are still very low, but 12% of them, I guess, are including this variant. And that's right now. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in a month from now or two months from now or whatever, but I mean, are you feeling like, you know, as these stories about COVID you know, continue to pop up. Um, and then also I'm going to throw in there that it, I think it was like end of September, 
is they're going to come out with the new vaccine booster. So there is that. But I mean, are you feeling panicked when you see that? Or do you just looking at it like, oh, well, yeah, it's par for the course? I don't, I'm not panicked anymore. Um, I, I, it is going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that, but I, I, and I still try to take precautions. And if I try not to like, if I, like if people are like coughing or whatever, like I, I've always been a germaphobe, so nothing really has. Right. And that part of me has changed. Like I carry hand sanitizer everywhere I go. Um, maybe wear a mask on a plane or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, no, I'm not really that. I'm not overly, overly panicked. What's interesting is like coronavirus has always been around. It's always yeah. different variants of the coronavirus. It's just like, it's the, it's, it's a. Yeah. It's this particular, so, yeah. like when you would buy Lysol on the back, but would be right. like, fights coronavirus. Yes, exactly. But we just, we, we got used to COVID-19 because it was that variant. Yes, yes, exactly. And um, I mean, Bob and I are planning a New York trip and I'm so grateful because the vaccine is coming out just in time because we're going to be leaving toward the end of October. So it'll be right at that key, you know, time we'll will have been immunized and will have had enough time like the two weeks will will have gone by so i mean you know it's going to be what it's going to be my mom her friend i believe she had been vaccinated it was 2022 and she got the latest at that time booster i think like her son got married so i think it was two or three weeks before the wedding and then she actually wound up getting covid and the funny thing was my mom was staying with her and she's married so she was sleeping in the same bed with her husband he never got it and my mom never got it so that was kind of i mean you just never know you know you you could get vaccinated and three weeks later you could literally catch it but she's not dead (laughs) so (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah i have a friend whose daughter has had it a couple times whose husband's had it like three times but she still has not tested positive once It's wild. Like it's, I, I can't explain it. I guess it's natural immunity. Some, I mean, some people yeah. just have natural immunity and they'll never get it. Um, I mean, I wonder if those people could, could pass it on. I don't know, but I'm just, I know maybe she's like a carrier, right? <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, I, I think I'm with you. I got a little panicked the other day when I saw that it was going up because of our New York trip specifically, but I don't know. I just, I'm so tired of it, you know, and I still wear a mask at the grocery store, although I don't know what I'm going to do because my sister's getting married on the 19th and I have been basically for the most part and there have been a few exceptions, but I still mask because of the wedding because I don't want to get COVID before, you know, I've been on this whole workout routine and trying to lose weight. So I didn't want to get COVID to interrupt that. And then of course I don't want it now because I don't want to miss the wedding, but it's like once the wedding is finished, I wonder what I'm going to think. I mean, it's okay. Let me ask you, when you go grocery shopping, do you wear a mask? No. Yeah. See, I, I, I mean, I've, I've been wearing one and I'm sick of it. I don't want to anymore. Now, let me ask you this. Are you going to wear a mask during cold and flu season? I mean, I think it depends. Like I'm going to be on a international flight in October. I'll, I'll probably wear a mask, mm-hmm. um, both ways. Um, you know, when I'm on the, sometimes when I take Amtrak, I'll take, I'll wear a mask. I'll probably do that. Mm-hmm. I'll wear, that's when I'll wear masks. If I'm just around, like kind of, I, I go to places like Costco. I don't do like, I, <laughs> I, I, um, I have like those meal delivery services and then I go to Costco for everything else. Yeah. So it's kind of like these open, open air situations. Right. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too terribly worried. And if it were cold and flu season, maybe, um, I don't know. I'm just, I try to be cautious. Yeah. No, I totally understand. But I totally understand. Speaking of weddings, I have, I'm going to one tomorrow. So. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a gay wedding. All right. It'll be, it'll be a fun wedding. I'm excited. On Friday. Right? Yeah. On a Friday, on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. I was like, who, 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 I know. who has to work anyway? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. No, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I just, I want this. I, I'm looking forward to the day of the wedding, but I'm looking forward to, for it to be over in that I, I don't want anyone to get sick. I want it to be over so that we can look back and go, oh, it just all worked out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so much pressure with a fucking wedding and. I'm not, I mean, I'm the maid of honor. There is also a matron of oh, honor. Oh, so there's more, more, way more pressure for you. For me, it's like, I'm just a guest. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll be standing up there in a dress. Although there is a matron of honor, which I didn't even know because when my sister told me that I was the maid of honor, um, I had these, oh, I have to do all this other stuff and this, and her friend is doing all the other stuff. And so I felt like, oh, and, and I, you know, it's like she's 18 years younger than I am. So I was afraid to try to make plans because it's like, I don't know, this is a different generation. I don't know what the 30-somethings want to do. So her friend started making plans. And I was glad that she would do it. But I was thinking, oh, no, my sister's going to think I'm slacking off. And I, but I found out she's the matron because she's married. And I'm the maid because I'm not married. <laughs> don't you love the patriarchal bullshit? <laughs> you're, an old, you're an old maid. <laughs> yes, I'm a spinster old maid. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I, I always think it's so, mar- marriage in a lot of regards is so I know. The patriarchal. It if you is. think about it, like a father gives away his bride. Yes. There's like a diamond ring, which is like the dowry. Yeah. There's like... It's like, it's all like, I'm offering you this like amount and then like, who takes this bride? Right. I do. Yeah. And then like, and then, she, and then she takes his last name. Like you're just giving up your entire identity. <laughs> so like, I had my father's last name. Now I have my husband's last name. God forbid you have your own last name. I can go on forever about this. And I, and I, and my, and I, mind you, I have many, many straight girlfriends who have taken their husband's last name. And yeah. That's, and that's fine. You do what you want. That's your exactly. choice. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings. No, I have a lot of feelings too. And my, my <laughs> thing is I specifically hate corporate. I hate the corporate wedding world. I don't hate weddings. I don't hate marriage. You know, but I'm so, I've said this so many times, but it's like I'm very Miranda Hobbs from Sex and City about it. I don't, I don't want all the fucking bullshit because I think there's, what it reminds me of is Las Vegas. It's like forced fun. Now, of course, Vegas can be fun, but ultimately to me, it's this forced good time, which isn't a real good time. It's, you know, I mean, you drink, you gamble and it's intoxicating and it's fun. And it's like, you get kind of mesmerized and it's really fun if you win money. It's not fun if you lose money, but it, 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 it's like there's manufactured holidays. There's anything that's a manufactured good time. I fucking hate it. And, and, and there's all these rules. I hate the rules. And I don't know. I just, it's like the, the funeral industry is similar in that they are predatory and they take your fucking money. You know, it's yeah, like, it's ridiculous. I do have something else to say about weddings, sure. too. Especially to a generation that complains of not being able to afford a house. Yes. 
<laughs> if you're going to drop like 30 to 50 K mm-hmm. or, or more on a wedding and then complain, you don't have a down payment for a house. <laughs> yeah. Those are things you need to prioritize. Like, I'm not saying I'm like, I know I'm like talking from like, like, you know, I'm trying to like, I'm like, you kids don't know what right. you're doing. Make choices. <laughs> but, but, um, but what you do, you have to make choices yeah. and it's like, you got your $50,000 wedding and I don't know. Yeah, you're one day. It's, you're one day where probably one day it's a party for a day. I got married. Like I got married in a West Hollywood strip mall by an Eastern European <laughs> woman. And the whole thing cost less than $400. It was basically just for paperwork filing. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think that if I got married, it would be fun to get married by an Elvis impersonator, but I don't think 100%. that I would, <laughs> I don't think I would do that now, but um, I've never been the, I was never the little girl who dreamed of getting married. I, I never dreamed of a wedding. There was one guy that I met in the nineties who I completely fell for. And I, of course I wanted to marry him, but what I wanted was like a, a, you know, my grandparents had a house on the Eastern shore overlooking the water. And I just wanted to have a nice kind of, you know, trellis or something. And, you know, family. I, I didn't. I, I only just fantasized about that. I didn't fantasize about this ball gown thing. And, you know, I think partly <laughs> because I was an actor and I've been in the spotlight, I think brides a lot of the time want that day. They want to feel like the star. And I'm not at all criticizing anyone for wanting that because I totally get it. It's just that I feel like I had it elsewhere and I just didn't need it. And I don't, I, I don't you know, especially now... I feel like if Bob, you know, Bob told me, if you want to get married, we can get married. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I just don't give a shit. And, uh, <laughs> That's sweet though. <laughs> yeah. Cause he doesn't really want to get married. He's been married twice. So, you know, I mean, he's not in a big fucking rush and Fair I've enough. never been in a rush and, and it is very sweet. He's like, you know, he, he sometimes, you know how like when men they'll be all serious and they'll look at you and they're like, you know. I'll marry you. And it's like, oh, you're so, that's fine. I don't need it. I, I just, we just have to make sure that we, what we have not done is gotten our legal affairs in order. You know what I mean? Like if somebody is in the hospital or something like that, I want to be able to go visit him. So we have to get the power of attorney and all that stuff done. But yeah, the marriage itself. I, and again, I don't care about marriage. It's just, you know, it's like I look at Valentine's Day, which was basically created by you know, greeting card companies. So to make money and okay. It it sounds like I'm such a downer to shit on Valentine's day. If on Valentine's day, you're feeling all lovey and you want to be, you know, sweet to your partner. I don't have a problem with that, but what I have a problem with is it's Valentine's day and you have to give me flowers and you have to get me this. And it's like, that's just bullshit to me. I just feel like it is bullshit. Yeah. I used to, I used to celebrate on the 13th just to make fun of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like we would just be like, I think that I think our first Valentine's day was Friday the 13th. So we like, we like, so ever since then we were like, yeah. And like, we don't do Valentine's day. It's not a thing. We do. Yeah, I always <laughs> told Bob, I'm like, I said, you know, if you want to get me something, get me something but I don't require it. I don't, I'm not going to always get you something. And I don't even always get greeting cards because it's like, I don't know, my dad and I always, always laughing about greeting cards and making fun of them. And I mean, it's one thing to, I do like to send out Christmas cards though, because I think Christmas cards are fun in, in the whole decor thing. Um, cause I do get into the Chris, although I think Chris, Christmas is also very manufactured now, but I'm a little, little bit Charlie Brown about it, but I'm also a little bit Clark Griswold. So I like, I meet in the middle because <laughs> I, I do love the decorations, 
But um, and so does Bob because Bob is totally Clark Griswold. He is all about the fucking Christmas decorations. So I enjoy that. But it's just it's the forced crap. It's everything is like we put all this pressure on ourselves and it's all manufactured. And and, and then what winds up happening, especially in weddings, there people I mean, so far, knock on wood, we've been lucky. No one's been fighting. My my sister is not a bridezilla in any way, shape, or form. She's such a sweetheart. She is so sweet, and she is not a bridezilla. If anything, she should be a little bit more bold in what she wants, but she's just not. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I just I look at the whole thing, and I feel like I'm just I can't wait. I can't wait until it's all said and done, and it went off without a hitch, and everyone was there, and everyone was healthy, and then you know my sister's happy and off on her honeymoon, <laughs> and I don't have to worry about anything anymore because it's like you just stress. It's just stress hanging over your head. So the best thing I will say is that it was the catalyst for me to finally figure out how to lose weight as a post-menopausal woman. Woman. So I bought a bike. I've been trying to get in shape myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you if know, you see this giant fluorescent bl- like blur in your neighborhood, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I have found, and I, I resisted it for years and years and years, is strength training. That's really it, it. Well, it's a combination of strength training and it, for me, I have to be very low carb, lots of protein. And I just started moving more because I wasn't moving enough because I work from home. I'm just so sedentary constantly. So I try I don't do it every day, but maybe three or four times a day um, on my heaviest days. I just move around, even if it's just two or three songs and dancing around, just getting some activity and but the strength training has really made a difference and so you know i actually was at a point where i thought this is it i'm never going to i'm never going to get back i mean of course i'll never get back to where i was when i was 35 but i thought i'm not going to get back to having smooth sleek arms well i still don't have smooth sleek arms but they're getting there and i think i, I nice. think i can do it <laughs> so so it's like but it took me a long fucking time because i resisted you know i didn't want to get into strength training because i know that you kind of have to build on strength training and once you get used to certain um weights and stuff like that you have to go up and that would mean for me you know going to a gym and i hate gyms but basically i just keep buying bigger weights so i'm up to 20 and it's 20 is still kind of difficult for me, so I'm, I'm good. I don't have to go to the gym. But it's really made a difference, and, and uh, you know, I know that women my age, because I turned 55 in July, women my age often complain, I don't, you know, I, all the stuff that I do or all the stuff that worked for me in my 20s and 30s, it doesn't work for me. Well, I was totally there, and I just basically had to change it all up. And so um, there's that. <laughs> I just change it all up everything everything that the everything that made it was easy in your 30s is much more difficult now if not impossible so if you're out there and you're like i don't know how to lose weight just look into what i just said high protein low carb and strength training all right um let's see Uh, well the last thing i wanted to talk about was fucking justice thomas i'm sure (laughs) you've seen the new ProPublica article about what he's received. I haven't. I'm like a little bit behind in the news. Like that doesn't regard um, 
a lot of stuff that I do for work. (laughs) I totally get that because I totally know what you're talking about. But for this show, I had to collect some information. So here you go. Here's a list of some of it by the numbers. Uh, Okay. And, and all this, I have to preface it with, you know, he did on his tax returns and stuff, put the little stuff on. He put little stuff on, but he didn't put this stuff. So 38 destination vacations, 26 private jet flights, 12 VIP passes to pro and college sporting events, two stays at luxury resorts, one standing invite to an Uber exclusive golf club. There may be more. I don't even know because this was just listed in a tweet and there's only so many characters. But, you know, we've, we know that this fucking court is corrupt and we know Justice Roberts is a piece of shit who's allowing it to happen. And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering what you're thinking because of all the pressure that the court is feeling right now from the public. Um, and, and they're they're kind of defiant, like, fuck you, we're above you. We're above the law. Do you think that, I mean, obviously nothing is going to happen right now, but do you think that what's being revealed will down the line change the way that we deal with our Supreme Court? I hope so. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit nervous because, like, <laughs> the the court is so clearly not in our favor anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how. I honestly don't know how it would change. I think the only way we can really do things is through legislate, is like legislating. That's our yeah. biggest. Yeah, I mean, or and and absolutely, it would mean that Democrats would or if we have a decent and i know that's kind of an oxymoron at this point republican um to nominate like a a, a good quali- or what's like fair judge i should say um i think that would probably be the way out of it you know so like if 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 one of our you know alito any of the far right extremists right now if they were to pass away and then you know a, a democratic president gets to nominate then if we can eventually get it to where it's 6-3, where it's fair judges, <laughs> then, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you think that, where do you stand on adding more justices? I mean, it's constitutional. I'm, I'm absolutely for it. It would be, I think it's going to be very hard to, to get that done, mm-hmm. but I'm an, I'm, I would be for it. I don't yeah. see why not. Yeah, I would be for it too. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think I'm with you. It's like it's it is kind of scary to just watch them. But I, I just have this feeling that the the light that's being shown on their selfishness and corruption, I do think that on some level, and I don't know what it will be, but I think it will have an impact on the court. And it's not gonna be immediate. It's just gonna take time. So I'm just so mad still about like Merrick Garland and Mitch McConnell being like, we can't, we can't confirm him because it's a, an election year. Yeah. And then we have RBG like yeah. a month before the election, she passes away and they quickly confirm Amy Coney Barrett. And it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, so those are two justices that we should have had. Mm-hmm. Like we should have had, well, we should have had Garland and then we should have had a replacement appointed right. by um, Biden. By Hillary. <laughs> well, well, Oh <laughs> well, yeah, if you're thinking of yeah, time wise, yeah, yes, yes, correct, <laughs> correct. Don't get me started on that. Oh my god, god, I know, I know. Can you imagine being? I can Hillary only imagine Clinton? like Hillary right now. Just like, I know she has like an IV of Chardonnay. 
just like oh directly into her veins. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think it's time. It's the time in that show that I'm gonna start wrapping it up, and um, because I know you've got a job and I've got a job, and we got to get back to our jobs <laughs> outside of this little job. Um, but you know, as I always do, just tell everybody. I'm gonna ask you to tell everybody where to find you. You can find me at Sarah Wood Writer, um, S-A-R-A-H-W-O-O-D, a writer, like writing things down mm-hmm. um, pretty much on any platform. Um, and then you can find, um, I am the social media director for Vote Vets, mm-hmm. and we are at Vote Vets on every platform. So find us there. Very cool. And then I'm author Kimberly on Twitter. <laughs> what are the, the, the site formerly known as Twitter? I'm Kimberly A. Johnson on Threads, L-E-Y, and then I think I'm Kimberly Johnson on Spotable. I'm just whatever. I'm everywhere. You can find me if you really try. <laughs> Plus, in on my X account or Twitter account, I've got pretty much everywhere I am on my pinned tweet. So, Sarah, it's always nice talking to you. Thank you for, for coming on my show and talking to me. And, of course, until next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.